being somebody who has talent, it's almost like a heavy is the, the head that wears the crown. You have these things that are flashing in your mind that are presented to you and you're trying to capture them. You're trying to extrapolate or, or translate them into a medium that makes sense that you feel at peace with. And sometimes people that are stuck in that talent loop are, you know, they're trying to make something and they're trying to become the best that they can. They sometimes can be out of touch with what reality is. Welcome to the More Life Podcast, where creatives, problem solvers, and entrepreneurs talk about squeezing more out and finding meaning in this crazy thing we call life. Let's dive in. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the More Life Podcast. I'm your host, Bart Aniston, if you're new around here. And before we get started, once again, I'm asking you to please like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment down below. Uh, if you really enjoy this conversation that we're about to have, it's a conversation with myself. It's another solo episode. But we're talking about artistry and creativity and what is the cycle between the two, what is the difference, and how can you really leverage both of these things to become professionals. These things are sometimes they feel at odds with each other. Sometimes they feel like they are companions to each other. And in a lot of conversations that I'm having with, um, you know, young people that are coming up, um, people that are designers and web developers or UX, UI, you know, front end people, people who have, you know, artistic abilities. And now I'm teaching a class at a local college here on animation and VFX. Um, I'm, in, I'm in the proximity of a lot of young artists who are aspiring to be professionals and I feel like there's a good balance between understanding your art and understanding your um, I guess your creative outlook uh, creative pros are more like the business people designers who know how to leverage how to make a dollar based off of their skill or their talent and there's you know artists are people who are extremely talented uh, but there are some additional skills that are required to help you make better decisions and help you make, you know, a living off of your practice. So let's start at the very beginning. We've had art for a very long time. I by no stretch of the imagination, you know, am a art history major of any sorts, but I did go to design school Um and there were a lot of art history majors who, after learning all that they could and practicing their craft as much as they could, the marketplace required designers more than true artists and artistry. And we live in a democratized world now where we get to elect and select our own pathways and we can have best of both worlds in many cases. And so what that's done, it's, it's, it's reinvented the old paradigm, the paradigm of, you know, you know, you would have these traditional and classic artists who would be locked away working diligently um, and maybe produce over a lifetime 20 pieces of art. And, you know, they go for sale for millions of dollars. And you have people maybe that were just making so many of them, people like Picasso or Van Gogh, and they were just trying to hone in a mastery of their style, of their niche. 
And nowadays you have people who are artists who pick it up um, and, you know, there is not the mastery, but they want to leverage the marketing of it as soon as possible. So it's just a dynamic of understanding where you are and understanding what is most beneficial to you. So today on this episode, we're going to be talking about artistry versus creative entrepreneurship. And what does that look like? What is the cycle between the two? Because I do believe that there is a cycle that can happen if you allow society or the marketplace to help you shape your outlook. And that that can be very daunting. That can be a place where you're, you're leaving some of your ideas uh, on the table for people to give you feedback or to respond to. But at the same time, there is an availability uh, for growth uh, if you're willing to stick to the process. Okay. What on earth are, does this all mean? How does this apply to creative entrepreneurs? And how do you fit into all of this? The reason why this conversation has been happening with me more recently, there are a lot of people that, like I mentioned, who are uh, artists who are trying to get into the space of digital or creative profession. And whether it's as an illustrator or as a more traditional artist or a sculptor, and now we have all these digital mediums that can help elevate and amplify the work and, and craftsmanship that you're you're doing. And what I really want to share with you guys is a few things. There, there, is, there is a consumerism aspect, number one, that happens in the creative field that is very different than the consumerism, you know, plight in the traditional artist field. In the art world, there is uh, a lot of, you know, artists who produce work. It's really for them. It's an expression for them. And then you have people who subscribe to those ideas, subscribe to those outlooks, subscribe to being challenged by somebody who they respect and admire. And in the creative field, the outlook or the, the, the consumer uh, uh, kind of helps shape what is in style. And then you can kind of move and produce according to what you see and resonates with you, the artist. So it's kind of a little bit flipped on its side. And the, the work is transactional more on the creative side versus the artist side, and, and that's a whole other plight. But here's the, the general idea of what I want to say. If you are an artist, it takes time to build that craftsmanship. Uh, and there are some things that we can talk about. Um, you know, I have six steps. There's, all, there's always, you know, a couple, a little listicle inside this. And this is, this is a, a great episode for somebody who's young, who's starting out and doesn't know how to necessarily move forward. Number one, when you are an artist, you, you have to spend that time and, and become the master. Uh, case in point is my daughter. She's very talented um, in terms of drawing and sharing her ideas. She makes these little sketch animations on her little tablet. She's nine and a half. Um, so she's doing the best she can with what she has. But at the same time, I'm, I'm almost withholding how much time she spends creating on the tablet versus how much time she spends creating with like a pencil and paper. Getting those mechanics right, understanding how you can smudge and blur edges 
with paper and pencil, understanding how your subject and light uh, work with each other. Those things are so much easier to uh, hold on to those principles and skills when you're young, A, and when you're first starting out without the distraction of fancy brushes and Procreates and iPads and Apple pencils and all these other things that you can do and adding texture and color. Sometimes the best way to learn is by just doing the bare bone basics. And a lot of times when you go to art school, that's exactly how they start you off. They start you off with drawing beautiful circles, drawing face shapes, drawing straight lines, helping you hone in the time that you have holding the pencil or the tool that you have and using it in very regular rudimentary practice. What does this do? This allows you to understand your craft in a way that is more unique than just a creative uh, artist or a, uh, sorry, a creative designer or uh, a, a creative professional. We're not holding in our mouse, our mice in our hands forever, trying to understand how these, you know, uh, uh, point selections are going to be different based on how much time we spend with it. Don't, you can get better at a skill. What I'm talking about, mastery of understanding the craft of what you're trying to do. If you're trying to do portraits, if you're trying to do landscapes with as an artist, those t have unique skills to them that you still have to spend time. So you have to, number one, I would say establish a routine where you are spending time trying to master these skills. These are the things where you have to literally be practicing as if you're learning an instrument or something, but your art skills. And I know sometimes people feel like, you know, you're kind of like selling out when you become a designer. Everybody wants to eat, okay? And my perspective here is you can, you can still have success without losing your soul if you understand some of the principles of the creative professional and still understand where you want to be as an artist. But you, you can't have one without the other unless you have lots of cachet, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, number two, I would say is know your niche. Understand where you would like to take your intent, intended artwork. Um, this is very important for people who are, you know, maybe in that late teens, early 20s, and they've done a lot of things. They've drawn animation. They've drawn, uh, or sorry, anime style. They've drawn portrait style. They've doodled. They've done all kinds of things, flip books. Now is the time to not just spend time mastering the craft of art, uh, whether it's sculpting or painting, watercolors or sketching. Now is the time to kind of find a style. You know, what is your niche going to be and how are you going to portray it? Because you're not using a digital medium, you're using, you know, traditional means, you have to be explicit with your style and so that people can start to recognize you. And that's a little bit of branding, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But people want to understand who they are that they're following or that they're getting excited about. So your work almost seems like a series of like, okay, this person has an outlook, they have a purview, it's unique to them, and it's going to be something that I can understand. As, as the artist progresses, I can progress with it as well. Number three, this is, again, these are just my opinions. Getting advice from, from a professional is extremely important. Once you are in the place where you are in your zone, you're in your niche, you're, you're working on your craft routinely, putting in hours for practice, 
it's now time if you're wanted to take your your game to the next level to move towards talking about a professional artist and see what type of tools they use metrics they're watching what are the things that are most important to them and you can start to see oh, okay maybe those three things are really good for them here's how i can leverage these three things in my workflow you were trying to navigate a workflow here uh, number four you want to explore your style now that you have your main style how do we get sub styles beneath that how do we understand if we were to have a five layer deep personality to your style, how can you now showcase that where people f see this as a robust um, expression of what you're able to do? A lot of what I'm talking about is an artist's artistic way of branding and having a hierarchy of brand and having a design system. That's the language that I like to use anyways, because that's what speaks to me. The beautiful thing, and this is the next part here, the beautiful thing is once you start to hone in your skills and find your niche, you're now able to start to think more like a business, if this is something you want to pursue professionally. The way you can become a creative professional, an art, a professional artist in a digital space with uh, traditional skills is by not forgetting or negating uh, uh, the digital application. So how do I now portray this art to a digital space? Because the ultimate goal here, if you do well, at the professionalism of being a creative. You get to be an artist again. And we live in a beautiful world right now where, like I talked about, you know, you think of Renaissance painters and all Impressionist period, all these different people doing different types of art. Or even if you're thinking of a writer or a sculptor, they it was very hard for people to do those things. And it took a lot of time and they didn't have many published pieces by the time that they were done. And now we live in a world where everything is accessible. So as an artist, it feels like it's hard to stand out. And that's where you get to be an artist all over again. That's where you're able to, now that everybody has an iPhone, now the ones who really know how to take a photo, the ones who really know how to paint, actually stand out. Because... Now there is a democratization of art, which is beautiful. It, it's chaotic and messy, but it is beautiful that someone's grandmother can make a little movie in iMovie or uh, a child like mine can learn art by watching a YouTube video. Everyone is learning, but then there are people that have the natural ability to be able to surpass emulating only what they see and have fresh and new ideas. So real artists practice their work. They take it very seriously. They make it into a routine. And that's the difference between somebody who has skill versus somebody who has talent. Talent is one of those things where if you have it, it's very good for you to be working towards it. Don't rest on those laurels of your, your, your talent. I know a lot of people who are talented who haven't gone anywhere because they found out that things are 
easier or they have a knack or inkling for them and they don't put in the work. And that's what I mean by saying real artists practice. Real artists are not just people who have uh, skill or have a naturally born talent, but there are people that have natural born talent who practice. So when you're thinking of someone who has skills, there's somebody who they have an exposure to an idea. They understand that they can get skills by repetition, by memorization, by practice, by retention, by being in proximity to an idea. These things can help you learn and develop a creative skill. Whereas when you have talent, you have, uh, uh, you're able to adapt and understand what exactly uh, your ideas are from your mind onto paper, onto sculpture, onto film. You're able to extrapolate an idea from another. You're able to have brand new ideas. Being somebody who has talent, it's almost like a heavy is the, the head that wears the crown. You have these things flashing in your mind. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before. You have these things that are flashing in your mind that are presented to you, and you're trying to capture them. You're trying to extrapolate or, or translate them into a medium that makes sense that you feel at peace with. And sometimes people that are stuck in that talent loop that they are, you know, they're trying to make something and they're trying to become the best that they can, they sometimes can be out of touch with what reality is. Being a creative professional is staying in tune with yourself and your artwork while understanding its role in society. And if you want your work to be accepted or you want your work to challenge people, you want to invoke a reaction, you need to understand both of these things. One is not better than the other. It's just the application in which that we're using the medium and what is the general purpose behind them. Think of it this way. Think of a chef versus a cook. The chef is the person who builds the recipes, who is testing, who is trying to match profiles together, doing pairings, building a, a, a menu. The cook is somebody who can follow recipes, follow instructions, and produce a great outcome. Both of these things are honorable. Both of these things are commendable. But they're not the same. Now, you can have a lot of celebrity cooks, a lot of celebrity chefs who have a lot of notoriety, who can use their, their creative professionalism to help elevate their brand and their awareness. The difference is one person had a crazy idea and the other person emulated an idea. The last step is to market yourself. Marketing yourself is always a challenge because you're putting yourself out there. And you're kind of putting a spotlight on your work and your artistry. And as a creative professional, you have to be willing to take those types of risks because you are showcasing your expression uh, that you've taken the time to create. And you're, you're now in a place where you want a reaction, whether good or bad, you have to be willing to take that criticism. What does this all mean? All this means, and the reason why I'm making this episode, is a lot of people that come from different backgrounds creatively that sometimes feel don't 
belong in the creative entrepreneurial space. And whether you are the artist, whether you are the creative, you should always try to master your craft, whether it's in a digital space or a traditional space. The reason why is there's no harm that's going to come from you being better suited to understand yourself and how you can solve particular problems. A lot of times designers, you're solving a problem that is bound to a brand or a product. It's bound to an idea. Uh, and when you're an artist, you're usually bound to yourself. <laughs> what your idea is, what your uh, uh, extrapolation of thought is. Both these things are useful because creatives need artists and artists need creatives. Whether you're a designer or, uh, you know, UX, UI, or whether you're a somebody who is a sculptor, a painter, a filmmaker, a writer, a poet, I think all creativity is good. And by having a little bit more, not decorum between the two groups, but I guess it's more understanding for each, we're able to elevate the amount of people that can participate in this really cool space right now where street artists and graffiti artists and designers and illustrators can all learn and work together from each other. And to the people that, you know, listen to this podcast that are just starting out, they don't know where they want to be in life. Just because everybody else has a Instagram page or a big following or a website or an art gallery, it doesn't mean that we don't have enough people thinking outside of the box. And I don't like that term outside of the box, but that's, but I, I, I feel like society knows what I mean when I say that people that believe that they need to share their voice. We always need more. And the more that we have of this, we have less of the verses, artistry and creativity, and we have more of an intersect between artists and creative designers. Okay. This has been a unique, different type of podcast. I hope this is beneficial and I hope it encourages designers and artists alike and that we can learn and grow from each other and find community to help one another. All right. I've been Bart. You've been great. Peace out.